This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we preview and review all the big business and market stories with Oanda senior market analysts from around the world. And today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Ed, good afternoon from London. Happy to be here. Now, let's start with the events in the Suez Canal. An operation to free that uh, giant container ship continues with uh, warnings it could take days or even weeks. The blockage in the canal by this container ship is causing a bit of a traffic jam in the Red Sea, apparently. It's called the Ever Given. Uh, it's a mega container and it is holding up an estimated $9.6 billion worth of goods each day. That's uh, about £400 million an hour in trade along the waterway, which is, of course, a vital passageway between east and west. And this, Ed, has repercussions for trade and particularly oil, with the price of WTI and Brent uh, continuing to climb. And it's a fascinating story, especially considering uh, when... We, we first heard of the, the blockage and, and what really surprised markets was that uh, we did not see a significant surge in oil prices. It was somewhat expected this was going to be quickly resolved. And uh, I, I think the the initial uh, moves was uh, that, okay, this is, you know, nothing that is really going to uh, provide a, um, a lasting effect on onto trade, onto uh, shipments and deliveries of crude and uh, other energy products. But what's unfolding is is that um, we're we're starting to see that uh oh this is not going to be quickly resolved. Uh, there's been uh, I think uh, this uh, excessive amount of uh, optimism that is you know slowly <laughs> getting pushed back, and I think right now everyone is kind of focused. We're going to have a high tide um, over the weekend, and uh, if that does not really uh, uh, provide um, uh, an opportunity for the ship to to, to be moved. Uh, you know, this is possibly going to last uh, weeks, and and that is is really uh, affecting, I think, how a lot of businesses are behaving. And when we take a look at what the other vessels are doing, the ones that were behind it, they've already reversed course. So I think that there is this belief this could last a lot longer. And what we're seeing is that, you know, the way this is this is having a tremendous effect. Uh, for uh, ship ship operators, uh, you know, prices are going through the roof, and they've. You know, I think these businesses, uh, you know, these uh, operators are, are now dealing with, you know, if their ships have been stuck uh, part, part of part of this uh, logjam, um, they now have at least another two weeks added to their voyage. And, you know, they, they're spending about 300000 in fuel, um, you know, to, to go from, you know, the, the Middle East to Europe. And, and it's it's adding an extra 6,000 miles to their journey. So, so I think this is really surprising uh, uh people that okay this is not quickly resolved and what's complicating things is that the longer this lasts the the the, the big risk and I, I think what we're seeing is that there there is going to be tremendous amount of caution in in dredging this thing out and and i think that the the, the vessel right now it's currently hung up on bags and and the the, the bow is in asia and the stern is in africa and what we're going to see is that uh, they're they're doing everything possible to avoid uh, any sagging stress because what that what that could do 
in essence is crack the hull, which would be an oil spill, and then you know even worse, uh, potentially crack the vessel in half. So so I think you're you're probably going to see that uh, extreme caution is 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 going to <laughs> be how this is handled, and uh, that that um, I think uh, blockage is is um, I think going to continue to uh, have its impact, and uh, eventually that should provide I think a, a stronger uh, uh, move here for oil prices and uh, I think when you take a look at the these uh, sh shipping companies like Evergreen you know they're the seventh largest container line and uh, I think the expectations are they're going to go under I think they they uh, they're going to be faced with so many suits lawsuits and this is uh, this is a, a difficult blow to Taiwan and I, I think you're going to see that this is going to uh, um, be a, a key story that we're going to be talking for weeks. And when you consider the amount of money, I mentioned $400 million an hour in trade, it's extraordinary really that they aren't throwing every single idea at it. I mean, you can put a man on the moon, but you can't dislodge this uh, mega container, which, okay, it's a rather simplistic thing of me to say. But nonetheless, there were some pictures um, probably selected for the very reason that it looked ridiculous of the efforts that had so far gone into dislodging this ship um it looked pretty paltry um i'm sure they're doing a lot more now but you know where have the forces been to try and get this ship out of the way because i'm not sure they they've i think they've been caught out to a certain extent and they've become rather late to the party well it's not much a party it's more of a nightmare I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the weekend. Uh, the, I think it was just reported that you know the U.S. is sending the Navy, so they're they're expected to arrive on Saturday. I, well, I so think we'll one of the reasons they're sending the Navy is to protect some of the other ships, apparently, from pirates. Yeah, that is a uh, another big concern, and uh, I think what we're probably going to see um, is is that you're 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 going to have I think these. Uh, shipping costs are going to remain elevated until this problem is resolved and uh i think that uh you know piracy is 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 going to be another uh big big risk that is just going to i think inflate costs and uh the the concern and, and i think that uh, a lot of people are now starting to focus on is that this was supposed to be a one-time effect on inflation but if this you know goes on for weeks uh, this could really kind of uh, derail that inflationary expectation of uh i mean we're, we're expecting to have prices surge over these next couple of months uh you add this things can kind of get really ugly and provide a higher baseline for inflation which could have somewhat a, a an effect on uh, these tapering thoughts and fears uh so, so i think this is a, a very key story it will remain a key story for quite some time now and uh I think the the sooner this is resolved, uh, um, the more uh, we could, you know, re resume talking about normal market drivers. Let's hope that uh, high tide helps and uh, this is uh, resolved sooner rather than later, maybe even this weekend. Let's move to a different story. President Joe Biden setting a new goal of 200 million COVID vaccination doses in his first 100 days in office. Now, that is double the target of 100 million jabs he set in December. That was achieved earlier this month before his 60th day in office. So that's an average of two and a half million doses a day. So that aspect of his presidency has gone very well indeed, hasn't it? And as with the United Kingdom, where we vaccinated nearly half of our population now, it has a tremendous effect on the economy and the optimism 
uh, around the domestic economy, even if the rest of the world is lagging behind. When I say the rest of the world, particularly the EU, once again, they haven't covered themselves in glory this week at all. It just runs on and on and on. But back to your side of the uh, pond and President Biden, he made an important, his first major speech, didn't he, earlier in the week? Uh, yeah, very much so. And and I think you have to take into context, uh, you know, the U.S. was, you know, regardless of <laughs> uh, doubling his vaccination goal, uh, they were already on that pace. So <laughs> I think that uh, it is... Uh, um, kind of uh, the Biden administration doing a, a, a mini victory lap, uh, and, but um, I think you know still remaining conservative in, in their goal and, and what they expect to achieve as far as reopening this uh, economy. Uh, but but I think you, you, if you look at the numbers, uh, the you know the, the percentage of the population over 65 that is vaccinated is now at 71 percent. Uh, I, I think that that really. Um, is why there is so much optimism that this this country is is really going to have a, a normal summer for most. I think you're going to have this pent up demand that is 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 really going to uh, provide a you know that that strong move for an intense you know U.S. consumer consumption here. And uh, I think what we're probably going to see is that this infrastructure spending that he's going to be touting next week. This is going to be the big the big driver for the markets. Um, it's multi-trillion uh, plan. I mean, it's been talked possibly around three trillion. How is he going to pay for it? It's going to have to be with tax increases. Um, I, I think it's going to be difficult to to picture him g gaining Republican support here. But I think that uh, he's going to he, he has to do everything in his power to exhaust uh, reaching for bipartisan support here. And uh, I, I think the reason uh, is because the conservative Dem Democrats are requiring that. So I think the U.S. is going to see infrastructure spending. They're going to have uh, something done, I think, you know, later this year. Uh, but next week is going to be critical because if, if the Biden administration um, is, is somehow able to uh, lure some Republican support, the growth expectations for the U.S. could skyrocket. I think, I think you know, politics. You know, the, it seems like over the last um, um, few presidents, uh, it, it's everyone's stuck to party lines. Um, there is an opportunity here because some of these red states, um, if they're going to be uh, the primary beneficiaries of this infrastructure spending, you could see that there could be a, a, a greater. Uh, support for some of these um, initiatives by the Biden administration. So I think uh, next week is going to be very critical to, uh, you know, getting a sense of, you know, how much this next um, spend a stimulus bill will be. And uh, I, th I think that if, if, if the Biden administration is able to get some Republican support, this is going to be uh, just another catalyst here to, 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 drive u.s growth exceptionalism and, and if that that happens uh you know you you, you know you're probably going to see um, um i think um, the cyclical rotation trade remain very robust and uh, i think that's going to be very uh, positive for foreign investors okay it's been a bad week for bitcoin at the crypto dropping to around about fifty thousand dollars and that drop saw a decline for what five straight days wasn't it market sentiment certainly shifting from bullish to bearish. Um, what's going to happen next? 
Yeah, I think it was a fascinating week. I mean, uh, most of the headlines were talking about retail trader mania is fading. I think there's been uh, just uh, a, a lot of uh, traders that were also kind of uh, expecting to to see uh, this this momentum continue. And uh, what happened was we 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 had a historic uh, expiry of derivative contracts that was approaching, and uh, I think six billion um really the the largest i think almost by almost two billion from what we saw in january um it is it is re really provided i think a, a a moment here for you know this this move in bitcoin to really uh slow down i, I think that the momentum um you know for the most part uh it, it just seemed exhausted i think earlier in the week we had the tesla announcement of uh, accepting Bitcoin as payment, and uh, at least for U.S. customers, and uh, I, I think that you, you you saw that you know Elon Musk, he's he's really heavily all in on on Bitcoin. I, I think you know Tesla is you know leading the charge as far as corporates you know changing their treasuries to not just holding cash and uh, i think that you're probably going to see that uh musk is uh you know he, he signaled that uh you know they're not going to uh, convert um any bitcoin they receive in, in payment so i think investors are trying to see you know okay what other corporations are going to embrace bitcoin as payment and right now no one's really stepped up so so i think that uh some of that momentum you know has has been faded uh, and i think today you know friday is the option expiration of that six billion um that uh, i think will really you know be the, the true test i think next week we're going to see starting over the weekend because bitcoin's 24 7 you're going to see um you know a lot of that retail interest is is going to um, and if the social media platforms are right and if the people that are voicing that this is the time to bounce back in uh, we're going to see, you know, will the retail interest be able to, you know, help stabilize Bitcoin even further? I, I think that the uh, playbook for for many retail traders is they wait for this option expiration to happen, and typically you, you know, you've seen uh, prices really roar back. I think that uh, that's going to be the expectations for for many people. Uh, and if it's not, if if Bitcoin does not really uh, start to to regain its uh, you know, longer term bullish trend, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of people quickly abandon that trade. So I think the volatility is going to remain um, strongly in place for Bitcoin. Okay, uh, Ed, we're actually approaching the final few days of this quarter. W what is your view on the first quarter of 2021? It's been absolutely fascinating, hasn't it? There's been so many stories, and I think really the, the the number one that sticks out to me is just the vaccination breakdown. I think it's it's fascinating to see how well the U.S. and U.K. have done with their rollouts, and how poorly it has gone for emerging markets and uh, the eurozone. I think that lockdowns, uh, you know, we we are seeing two different trends. Uh, I think you know you have. Uh, the U.S. and the U.K., which are reopening, and and in Europe, throughout the rest of Europe, though you're having um, many uh, lockdowns being extended. Uh, there's a lot of pessimism that uh, uh, you're, you're you're going to to see. Um, I think the the market reopen there. Um, for the U.S., you know, right now we're starting to see cases trend higher, and that was somewhat expected. Um, but because of the vaccine success. Uh, 
you know, the, the, the U.S. right now is on a daily basis vaccinating about 1.2% of all adults per day. <laughs> um, so, so I think that, uh, you know, the, the risks of, you know, the, the B117 variant, uh, you know, um, um, spreading quickly across the country uh, is somewhat limited. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, any short-term headaches that we have from that, uh, I think there's so much confidence that, uh, you know, the U.S. is going to have a normal summer. And uh, that is really driving um, this, uh, I think, vacation booking, car rentals. I, I think that you're going to see that uh, many Americans have the travel bug. I think you're going to see um, a, lot of the, a lot of money spent um, across most families um, that, that, have, that have it available. And uh, that that should really, I think, ex, you know, keep, you know, that um, out optimistic outlook for the U.S., uh, I think, for the first half of the year. And eventually Europe will play, play catch up. Uh, but for now, it's been dollar strength. It's been um, U.S. equities really kind of leading the charge. And uh, that's kind of uh, the, the first quarter of the year. Interesting comparison when you think about the optimism of you know the u.s citizens talk you just mentioned talking about you know going away and getting back to normal obviously we're delighted over here the way things have gone but i don't feel i don't get that impression that we're ready for normality quite yet we feel that there's still quite a long way to go maybe it's because the u.s is such an enormous country and certainly protected in a way by your borders we're so close to the variants uh, which are rife in the EU at the moment, we don't feel quite as comfortable, despite the fact that we've vaccinated nearly half the population. Very much so, and and I think the the, the concern is that uh, I mean for 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 Europe, one of the you know the beautiful uh, pleasures of living in Europe is that you get to travel, visit. You know, many many families will have different favorite countries to visit. And uh, right now you're pretty much uh, still going to be isolated. Uh, you, you really can't go travel abroad in the U S you know, a lot of people in the Northeast will go down South. Uh, and uh, I, I think that right now the, the uh, travel and uh, vacation hotspots, you know, they're seeing tremendous demand now. I think uh, bookings are really uh, picking up here and, 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 uh, for, for for Europeans though you 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 know you, you can't go visit France you can't really go to Italy just yet and uh, I think that's a kind of a, a little bit disheartening with the, you, the with your reopening success I think uh, you know your your neighbors are not doing well and that's 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 been a a drag and will will be a drag until they get things in order. I've got a holiday booked on a Greek island last week of August, Ed. So um, I feel pretty confident that's going to happen. Let's. Before we let you go, look ahead to the next few days, the last week before the Easter break for many. What stands out for you? I think we're going to probably see there's uh, two big economic releases. I think for, for me, um, China's you know economic recovery kind of has hit a little bit of a road bump here. And we're, we're going to have the uh, manufacturing uh, PMIs come out on Tuesday. And uh, if... If growth, uh, if, if, if we have a really uh, subpar reading, if we kind of go back to contraction, they're, they're expecting a 51.2 reading. Um, but if there's a, somewhat of a miss, uh, I think that will really kind of derail um, risk appetite. Um, the, the other key, key event, um, at least uh, on economic data, is uh, the U.S. non-farm payroll report. Uh, 
the economy is starting to look a lot better. You have three states that are fully reopened. I think hiring hiring is supposed to almost double from last month. Uh, we're going to see about 600,000 jobs created is the expectation. Uh, I, I think that uh, as, as long as uh, we, we, we start to see uh, travel and hospitality positions starting to come back, I think that will just kind of reinforce the the belief that you know the U.S. is going to recover most of these COVID lost jobs this year, um, and then um, separately, you know, I, I think we have to talk about the oil markets right now. There's two big events. It's going to be Suez Canal all week long, and also we have OPEC Plus. They are going to meet and discuss their production levels for May. Uh, I think that the uh, surge in in global virus cases. I mean, they they are they have been um, rising, um, really kind of is, is leading uh, most to, to believe that uh, a raise in output is not likely to happen. I think the, the consensus is that they're going to keep production steady. Uh, but you never know with, with the Saudis. Uh, they might want to surprise markets once again. Uh, the little bit of weakness we've saw with oil prices, um, they, they might try to just uh, signal a stronger message. And uh, I would not be surprised if they delivered a small cut. Um, but um, yeah, that, that happens on Thursday, and that's going to be a key, a pivotal meeting. And, uh, and uh, that's, those are kind of the, the big ones for next week. Okay, Ed, have a very good weekend. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. This is the Oanda Podcast.